0: Unfortunately, it took an hour for us this time to set up. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a bit too high tech.
1: It's now 1956. Just FYI, this is your record.
2: Yeah,
0: this is the yeah. tied
2: with our record.
0: <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 42 of the Third Wheel. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron Conway, and I'm your other host, Hamish Lachman And roughly about after an hour of technical difficulties, we <laughs> finally have Neam on the podcast with us. Would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Hi guys, neam here. As as Aaron mentioned, how do we know each other, guys? So from uni we met probably about five or six years ago now and uh excited to be on the show thanks for having me
0: yeah I, th- I think you're one of the one of the many people who you've had on where well for me in a way i don't remember meeting you exactly i just knew who you were
1: um, yeah likewise
0: i don't remember like a formal meeting
1: this is back in the days when you used to have long hair Aaron. Oh, long hair
0: oh, Yeah, yeah
2: that's, i was expecting it to be second year
0: <laughs> throwback i think mean, that was just yeah that was p karen so that was when i was meeting everyone but yeah i don't what you two was that like hindu sock or something
2: i think it would have been hindu sock
1: yeah it was something like that wasn't
2: it i'm not sure if i it was for, about voting for him or something i'm like i'm not sure how it may have stemmed but i would assume that it would be something to do with hindu sock
1: are you now admitting five yeah. years later that you didn't vote for me i did vote for you <laughs> oh you did okay cool
2: i was trying to destroy the clickiness in it so i was just voting for the counter click <laughs> <of the> society. <laughs> and you were
0: actually a call out from liana liana's episode so she called out you and Samkit. i I believe so yeah i think university what do you study at uni
1: i did politics and international relations but warwick as you both are well aware have weird naming conventions for things and they call it pace which stands for politics and international studies so it's all okay. to do with kind of international relations and politics and all that fun stuff
0: how did you find that and maybe just warwick university in general really
1: yeah good 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 question i loved uni I love the life. I loved all the work that I did. I loved, the, you know, most importantly, I love the people I met and continue to keep in touch with, including, you know, you both. And I love my course as well. And to be honest, I miss, I, I miss the whole life still, I think a little bit, but you also realize when you come out of uni, how different life is and, you know, going back to reality is, is so different to what student life was like.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, th- I think we spoke quite a bit about that in Liana's episode, but she was more of the opposite where she loves work life and didn't really miss uni life at all really
1: it's funny because i was i was talking to liana about this and she's right there there are some parts that i don't miss and there are some parts that i kind of go I'm, i'm glad i've left that behind me but i think more just seeing your friends you know regularly being able to you know having that kind of independence and you know ability to kind of do what you like without having to stick to a schedule was actually quite yeah. fun and and something I miss. And you know, I, I have, I'm, I'm sure we'll come onto this in a second. I volunteer at the radio station, and I have a few friends who are going kind of going into uni, and I have cousins who are going into uni as well. And my one piece of advice to them is just go somewhere where you're going to meet the best people and you can make your memories because it's a cliche. Everyone says it's the best time of your life, and it, it really is. I had the best time.
0: Yeah, I think you're right on the people thing. I think if you took the same people I met and put all of us in a different university, I think would have had like the same experience so it's it's more down to the people than the actual university i'd say
1: 100 percent. i've i've been back to warwick since since you left no. and i left what two three years ago now and i you know what the you know the, the people that you meet there are perfectly fine and you know great but it's not the same without your friends and you know the same clubs and restaurants mm-hmm. and wherever you you know wherever you went not quite the same without those people
0: am i getting it wrong in thinking that you started like a year after us
1: yeah i'm the same age as both of you but i started a year after you because i did a gap year i did my gcse's back in 2012 or something and i decided at that point that kind of education as soon as i could have a break from it i wanted to to have a break just because i wanted to experience the world and do a kind of different things so i applied whilst everyone else was applying to uni i was also applying to uni but i applied for deferred entry and then i also was applying to gap year internships this is post school, and I came up with a few names. I saw the name of Accenture, who did an eight month what they call a Horizons internship. So, for school leavers, and applied there. Was you know lucky enough to get it and started there in September 2014 for eight months and then went traveling for a few months afterwards, which was amazing.
0: Yeah, whereabouts did you go?
1: So, I went to hong kong shanghai vietnam cambodia thailand Mm -hmm. and probably slightly risky at the time as a 19 year old i i said to my parents look i'm i'm gonna go by myself and you know credit to them they were they were really really cool about it and they said you know so long as you're careful and they clearly trusted me they're you know, like go and do it so i started off mm-hmm. in hong kong for a few days and then just kind of worked my way around uh, someone else has actually been on the third wheel as well akil he came and joined me yeah. for two weeks in vietnam which was by far out of the, all the countries that i visited vietnam was by far my favorite partly because akil was there and it was you know great to have him but um, also just because the country itself is just amazing the food is great and the people are great and you know things to see are amazing
0: uh, So you knew akil from school
1: yeah so he actually so i'm recording this at home with you guys akil yeah. lives around he lives around three roads away and we didn't actually a funny story with us we didn't actually become friends until maybe year 11 year 12 and then the distance given that we were so you know we live so close that certainly helped mm-hmm. and then kind of just we became closer and closer and you know just ended up becoming best buds over the course of the last few years of school and, and then uni and yeah.
0: So did you not really like kind of want to go to uni at like the same time as him and maybe like other friends from school?
1: I thought about it and I had you know quite a few friends who went to uni at the same time and actually who went to Warwick at the same time you know quite a few of my yeah. my group from, from school but my thinking was I needed a break from education I'm always one to be slightly different which I, 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 I thought this kind of ticked that box but I also thought And maybe this is me trying to be a bit too conscientious for for an 18-year-old, but I kind of thought, if I can plan my future ahead of time and set myself up, maybe that's the the best way to do it. So I thought, let's go and try and find an internship if i can convert that into a into a grad job or whatever then you know great i'm kind of setting myself up and also gave me you know an opportunity to travel as well
0: yeah so did you find that because i've, I've spoken about it about like being burnt out after university and like towards the end of it do you find that gap year actually help after the three years you not feel so like worn out kind of from education
1: i it was never that i felt worn out by education i was just a bit bored of it if i'm honest after school <laughs> okay you know, i'd done all these years of and, and I you know, that's just the just the way the education, you know, it's no one's fault, it's just the way the education system is, is is structured. You don't really stop from the age of, I don't know, six or seven till till eighteen you know, it's kind of a continuous thing and you're continuously learning and, you know, it's great in that respect. And, you know, now when I have a full on day from, you know, eight o'clock in the morning till, you know, seven o'clock at night or whatever it might be, I'm grateful that it was only kind of nine till three, but you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's really repetitive and and I was getting a bit bored and the gap here just allowed me to refocus, focus on things that I thought mattered to me more at the time, which was kind of getting a job and learning different skills and felt, more ready to study
2: again. What were some of the skills, I guess, that you would say you got from working before uni, then coming to uni, in comparison to like, I guess, going to uni, then going to a job?
1: Time management and responsibility, 100%. You know, I think for, and, and uh, this is not to say I didn't have those skills before, but, you know, work really mm-hmm. kind of refines those skills for you. As, you know, you both know, I'm kind of preaching to the choir here but it's, it's one of those things where at work you're given it, it's a different set of responsibilities even if you're you know i don't know in posi- extracurricular positions of responsibility or whatever it might be in school it's still school you know and there's only so yeah. much you, you know, you're able to do or you know you have re- responsibility over whereas at work you know you're kind of responsible for your work but also your team's work and you know responsible for for, for managing several different tasks that you're you know that you're doing and and also trying to maintain relationships at the same time which to be honest in 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 the world that i'm in which is which is management consulting you know relationships is key it's all about building relationships both you know within your company but also with your clients as well and that was certainly you know the skill that i kind of took from work and said you know whilst i'm studying at university i can study for this amount of time and make sure that i'm chilling out and enjoying myself and kind of making those memories that i mentioned earlier in the rest of the time
0: i think it's quite interesting i i did check out your LinkedIn earlier uh, just before we did get on a call. Oh, I'm
1: sorry. It needs such a massive update, doesn't it?
0: <laughs> no, no, it's, it's a good LinkedIn. Um, I mean, I'm no like, I, I don't know what's a good LinkedIn and a bad LinkedIn, but it's, it's, it's got lots of stuff on there, which to me seems good. Um, I, look about
1: 12, I look about 12 in that picture, don't I?
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm no one to talk on uh, people <laughs> younger, than, younger than they are. So, But I, I found it really interesting that you kind of had this affiliate with Accenture from like really young because university is kind of seen as like oh a time for people to figure out what they want to do but you've kind of found yourself in a role at the same company that you did that you were working at before university so was that something you kind of knew you were always going to do or wanting to look at
1: i had no idea and 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 to be honest you know if you ask i'm putting a completely arbitrary figure on this but if you ask i don't know 70 80 percent of people within consulting what they actually want to do with their lives career-wise the answer is generally i don't know but consulting is the ideal place to do that, you know, or to figure out what you want to do.
0: I, I didn't know before university I I didn't understand what consulting was and I still don't entirely, if I'm yeah. honest. Like what kind of is your day to day
1: Okay. I think most consultants, and I'm not just talking about Accenture, but I'm you know and, and also, you know, I should just add this is not a kind of this, I haven't been told to say anything and this doesn't necessarily represent Accenture's view of what Accenture is. But you know, consulting in general, in my view going in as a 17, 18 year old and kind of still is to this day, do multiple things. You sell people to you know sit in businesses and do perform certain functions the second would be that you help produce a product or service and the third would be you kind of provide solutions to ongoing business problems so you know kind of the work i've done across over, you know, since 2014, over the last six years or so on and off, obviously, because I had uni in the middle, but has been anything along the lines of kind of helping businesses come up with new solutions to make processes easier, coming up with kind of new first case solutions that haven't ever been created for a certain sector in the UK, you know, helping with digital marketing and, uh, you know, helping businesses reach and understand their customers. So I've done a you know variety of work across different industries from financial services to resource oil and gas to the health pharma space as well so you know as as i say consulting is great for those who don't know what they want to do or what industry they want to specialize in or the, the functional skills that they want to gain but it gives you the opportunity to go in learn about lots of different things and then kind of figure it out along the way
0: yeah do you use much of your like stuff you learned in your degree with it it seems very differing
1: yeah it's so different it's so i i wish i used more some of the functional skills i i I do use but the the knowledge that the the kind of technical politics and international relations stuff no i don't use if i'm honest but that doesn't take away from me enjoying what i do any any less
0: yeah so what made you want to do politics and international studies
1: so i i've always been politically interested right so i've always loved politics whether it's in the uk the US or, or elsewhere and always being quite politically engaged and I actually remember when I was studying history at school and this must have been about year 9, year 10 or something and I always enjoyed history, I actually did it for A-Level but one of the teachers put in front of me the... U.S. government and the structure of that, you know, from the Senate to uh, the House of Representatives to the executives of the president and his office and, and then into the judiciary with the Supreme Court. And I found that just the structure of it so fascinating that I then decided when i was able to take politics for a level i I decided straight away that i would so i took it loved it for two years and to be fair i had a really really good teacher mr (laughs) hargaden liam hargaden he was uh, a fantastic politics teacher and kind of he 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 inspired me to to take it further i'm so glad i did as well because i because i loved Mm it
0: shout out liam i think i could have been into politics but we were never so we had politics at a level but prior to that we didn't we weren't taught anything to do with it. So I guess that was just like, just something I didn't even consider at the time.
2: We didn't have politics in our school. <laughs> like much. at all.
0: Yeah, no, not at all. Hmm. It kind of seems, I feel like it's something they probably should introduce lower down. I feel like everyone should know at least how the government that you, in the country that you live in probably works. It's definitely something that I could have done with.
1: Yeah. And you know what, you you learn so many other different skills as well, you know, or just bits of knowledge, not only about the way that government works, but, you know, also some current everyday problems. And I think right now it's probably really topical. You know, we're learning about things like gun control, you know, gun violence, but also race relations, you know, race relations, not only in history, but in in, in the current day as well. And obviously that's, you know, there's a lot going on about that at the moment and, It's interesting to not only learn about the theoretical perspective, but now to actually see, you know, things being discussed in kind of real life is as a politics student, it's fascinating. So
0: one of our previous third wheels was Akil Gohil, who we've mentioned already is a good friend of yours from school.
1: Who I actually third wheel in real life, by the way.
0: Okay. Yeah, of course, of course. (laughs) And you guys (laughs) have started a, uh, like a venture together, which we did speak about in Akil's episode as well. So go check that out. But um, yeah, do you want to talk about that a bit?
1: Yeah. So as you both know, and some of your listeners will know from from Ruckel's episode, we both danced bhangra at uni. He danced before I did. I should just add that. And I'd never really danced properly before. I you know danced bits and bobs and had learnt bits and bobs for weddings and whatever. Got to uni and he said, right, it's it's freshers week or whatever you call it, and different societies are saying you know come for free or whatever. So I turned up and I was embarrassed. And I kind of thought, I don't, I'm not going to be any good at this. Why am I bothering? Turned up. And I just enjoyed it, to be honest, more than anything else. You know, I so I'm, I'm a musician, play a few instruments. And from that, I've always had a bit of a rhythm. Managed to know my left from my right and, you know, could somehow coordinate my arms. So I then ended up somehow just joining the bangra society and six months later I ended up dancing in a national competition both me and akil and, and a big group of us uh, representing warwick which was amazing um and i think it was the only the second time warwick had actually entered in, in the in the competition we placed third which was amazing and you know real big effort from the whole team and a lot of hard work went into that and from that oh well after that we we never really kept up with it as much we taught in the society but we never really danced and competed left uni and thought we kind of miss it as a hobby and it was a great way to keep mm-hmm. fit and that was something that we alongside a day job weren't really able to do so we decided to create jab and guys shameless plug i'm sorry but jab <laughs> it's jab Bhangra fitness uh, on instagram and tiktok now don't ask okay. me to make make a tiktok because i'm useless but that's by the way yeah go and check us out and we created jab as a dance fitness class and, and and general kind of brand all things dance all things fitness all things bungra and yeah so far so good really really enjoying it and it's really pleasing to see so many people have come to us and kind of improve their fitness through our through our classes.
0: Last thing we heard was that you guys were opening up, like, a, I don't want to say a branch, but like starting to do uh, lessons in Croydon.
1: Yeah, I guess it is a branch to to, to to some extent. Croydon's going really well, or it was going well before before COVID nineteen decided to yeah. scupper everything. But yeah, it was really really good. We have a couple of instructors who we're really grateful to have who teach physically there. But since obviously we've, we we ha- only had a handful of classes, if I'm honest, before the lockdown hit and obviously we had to pause yeah. the classes at that point but we've been continuing on zoom and on, on instagram and, and and things like that and both our instructors have been doing that on, on there as well and they're leaving time for me and Akil to teach on instagram and things like that as well so <laughs> it's been amazing a really good journey since this since since Corden started
2: yeah i did see a um, also post of, or a few times i think a lot, some of the live streams and then there was also cases where you and Akil were in a park socially distance and they were doing it yeah that's also a good effort to i guess keep up with the ever so drastic measures that have taken place
1: you know what our view going into it in, into lockdown was this shouldn't stop people staying fit but also for those people who you know who and and you know, let, let's face the reality. Some people lost their jobs. Some people lost loved ones. Mm-hmm. Lockdown for some people, and I'm, you know, grateful that for, for me and my family and my friends, it hasn't affected us in in that way so much, but it has a massive effect and it has had a massive effect on people's mental health. And just staying physically as well as mentally active is so important. And often, you know, j- just from conversations with, with, with people, both during lockdown and, and prior, I understand that, You know, sometimes if you're feeling low and if you're feeling down, then it's the motivation to get out and stay fit and keep yourself going, which is often the hardest. And I think our view throughout the whole thing was we don't want to let people get into that space or if they are in that space then let's try our damned hardest to, to, to get them out of it and so you know we we ran instagram live sessions and we've been doing pretty much you know we did we did for, for about two and a half months we did everything for for free you know no money that wasn't the aim doesn't yeah. matter money doesn't matter at that point you no know, we did zoom classes instagram live classes also you know we, we tried to put out different challenges and, and bits and bobs of people who do by themselves in their own time as well hopefully it made some impact and for, for the people that have got in touch, I should probably shout out from here. You know, if they are listening, you know, we're, we're so glad that it, that it has. So thank you for, for, for engaging with us.
0: Did you find it easy adapting?
1: So weird. be honest with you it's so odd just staring at a camera and (laughs) dancing like you know staring at a camera and talking is one thing but staring at a camera and dancing and not having any response from anybody else is Mm. so weird and something that i wasn't used to because every time i i've taught you know and i'm the kind of teacher that kind of I, i i yap a bit too much probably and i like audience participation you know if i if i say scream i want everyone to scream but you don't really get that when you're doing it virtually, so it was weird and it took some getting used to. But it's not too bad, I
2: guess. Yeah, I was gonna say some people I assume were writing questions in the chat. I guess did you and Akil take it in turns to moderate, and or did you did they you let them jump on like Insta Live side by side with you, and then ask you like how was that?
1: So I didn't see Akil for a couple of months um, whilst lockdown was w- w- was particularly bad, and so I, I had Akil on the questions in you know on on his phone in his own house, and I had my my family in front of my phone because i had to use the back camera on my phone and okay. um, so they could see so they could see the screen and so they would read any questions i'd be like mom are there any questions for me and uh <laughs> she, she'd go you know yeah you're, you're crap or whatever you know <laughs> or, or whatever it may be." so i i would um you know then respond to that to be fair so uh, akil's you know whilst the schools are figuring themselves out i think you know i had a a couple of weeks only of you know it being a little bit less busy but you know since he's been he's been relatively busy and it just so happened that the work for me kind of got busier during lockdown which i to be honest i'm really grateful for because for me better to be busy than bored it was hard to keep up with the with the digital side of things and you know i'll be honest with you it, it you know sometimes it can take its toll however you know you have to remember well i have to remember that the reason why i do jab is also because i enjoy it and so yeah you know i'm really grateful to archil for kind of keeping up with the with the digital side of things when work was particularly busy for me and you know you kind of make it work right you know you guys must find this as well with with these shows that you know if one of you's you know not well or whatever you know for whatever you know, whatever reason you can't make it the other one fills in or you know you kind of make it work
0: yeah yeah and and the business side of things so jab jabs a business have you always kind of maybe had that kind of entrepreneurial interest or is that something you just kind of picked up through jab
1: i've always had it to be honest i've always wanted to try doing something by myself and when i say by myself i mean just you know not working for someone yeah yeah having said that i you know that's in no way me saying that i want to leave my job because i genuinely really really enjoy my job and want to you know be there for a long time if possible but i think it's nice to have something on the side just to keep take your mind off work but also to kind of just exercise different interests and skills that you have and you know having to run your own balance sheet and kind of run the business side of things just uses a different set of skills and also requires different things you know you guys must find this in terms of marketing and things it's not something that anyone necessarily teaches you unless you've you know studied at a uni or whatever but it's stuff that you kind of figure out you know as you're going along you make your mistakes and you learn from each other and you know i'm also really really grateful to a lot of the friends that i've had you know some from uni some not who have helped just you know impart their wisdom and and i you know give a shout out to, to you know three in particular shaley so shaley being akil's girlfriend Shami, as you guys know and and sammy samkit as well you know the three of them have been really really helpful to myself and, and and akil especially in recent weeks you know when we're just kind of trying to come up with different ideas and you know different ways of doing things they've been really really kind of good sources of support
0: i, th- I think it really is like a team effort exactly you know you have like videos on your instagram stories do you guys make them or is it like outsourced no we make them they're, they're, they're really good <laughs>
1: oh thank you i'll be honest with you i don't make the videos akil does that i make the i make some well i make some of the posts the latest post i made which i was really happy yeah. with to be honest <laughs> <laughs> i just put a bit of writing on a picture yeah uncle makes the videos and yeah he's, de- he's developed a really cool knack for it as well yeah
0: I mean, i'm guessing that's just something like learned from this as well and like picked up along the way
1: exactly you know different different skills like that that you don't ordinarily get from just living life you know when do you really need to you know make a video but yeah this allowed us the opportunity to do
0: that. What are like some future, any future plans or ideas in the in the pipeline for Jab? Oh, good question. Or is it all kind of like on the halt at the moment because of COVID and lockdown?
1: Yeah, it's kind of all a bit a bit paused at the moment in terms of kind of coming up with longer term aims just because we don't know what the market's going to be like after this one thing is for sure that we know that people enjoy dance people enjoy fitness and people enjoy dance fitness and so you know we want to continue providing a service for people and 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 helping people get fit and whether that happens virtually whether that happens you know in in continuing the classes in person that we do we'll just have to wait and see
0: yeah has the interaction still been there like in terms of numbers
1: it has to some degree obviously you know some weeks you see a slight drop off yeah, some yeah. weeks you don't i think that's that's really normal and, and also with people with, with now you know things opening up slightly that does make f- fewer people end up joining just because you know they've, they've yeah, gone out on a yeah. thursday night to do something else
2: yeah of course so yeah if you, have, if you haven't checked out jab already this point, go check it out wait so you're saying that is it still completely free i guess now or oh, have paid classes begun
1: no paid classes have begun now we are running them on zoom and we've realized we're actually really really cheap in the market so you're getting a good service for a really small price of five pounds so if anybody wants to check us out any third wheel fans uh <laughs> please do
0: how, how does the like the how do you like process the payment and all that online
1: uh yeah so it's all bank transfer at the moment normally we okay. use uh sum up shout out sum up to make card transactions in person but right now that's not possible
0: you mentioned um as well just before this like kind of playing instruments and that's you always felt you had kind of a rhythm and maybe that kind of helped you pick up bhangra so quickly what instruments do you play
1: so uh i play the piano clarinet and i sing the clarinet yeah
0: that, that isn't one you hear like every day
1: it's true so i can there's a story to that so i started playing the piano when i was about five and you know my parents were amazing with kind of pushing me to just you know do it and express that creative side which was you know I'm I'm really grateful for now and then I got to the age of about 10 and my old man's a big fan of jazz and you know I've always kind of been as well and I thought let's try and play the saxophone so saxophone teacher came around and he gave me a saxophone to hold and right now I know you're listeners can't see my hands but you guys can see them on 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 camera (laughs) they're quite small for a man's hands i'll be honest with you so imagine 10 year old me i had hands that are the size of my palms at the moment so i couldn't actually get my hands around the saxophone and so he goes right what are we gonna do
0: right got a problem here
1: exactly so um he came up with the with the idea of playing the clarinet and he goes look you can start by playing the clarinet and then when your hands get bigger You can just change the saxophone so yeah so i started off playing the clarinet and you know yeah just kind of took it up from there and before i knew it ended up so i ended up doing my grade eight on all three actually but did my grade eight on the piano i think before what's
0: what's grade eight i i don't i didn't do any like i like self-taught myself like guitar a bit but i didn't do any like kind of lessons or grades and all that so it's grade eight
1: so the abrsm which is the associated board for the Royal Schools of Music, that's essentially just a board that kind of run Royal. the exams. Yeah, it's, it, it's just, just a board. They have, uh, and it's the board that most people in the UK do. They have different grades. So grade one would be a beginner and grade eight would be the grade that you can, the, the kind of highest grade you can do. After that, you go and do diplomas and you know go and become a concert pianist and things like that. I had no interest in doing that. But I started off, I did my, my grade one piano exam, I think at the age of six or something and then at the same time you have to do your theory so you have to kind of do the theory of music as well i did my grade five theory when i was eight years old which was i don't know why i did an exam at the age of eight but hey i did it and (laughs) to be honest i just i sound like a really nerdy kid don't i but anyway so i did it and actually to be fair my mum was incredible I so I was eight. Obviously, I didn't really know left from right at that point. I was a bit of a stupid child as well. Let's be honest. So mum, who's who's a doctor, never really done music in her life before. Well, well, i say never really. She had never done music in her life before. The teacher taught her, and she would come back after a whole day in clinic or you know doing what she does as a doctor, and then came and taught me every night. And you know that was. If it wasn't for her, I would not have passed that exam.
2: Would you say she was instrumental to your success? Wee. Uh, <laughs> she. <laughs> that was meant to be my transition earlier, but um, yeah, I, I had to re- utilize that one.
1: <laughs> she was indeed. You know what? I'm actually disappointed I didn't come up with that because I am the king of dad jokes.
2: Dad jokes? Excuse you. These are puns. These are top quality puns.
1: I agree. I agree. I'm the king of puns as well. Um, but anyway, <laughs> uh, she was instrumental to my well, success. Well, not to disagree though. Um, Fair <laughs> enough. I'll, I'll give it to you
0: <laughs> no guest always You're wins saying. so you have to give it to neem sorry <laughs> <laughs>
1: um,
0: wait so your mum, she didn't like know any of it before
1: no she didn't know so obviously you have the five lines and you know you have yeah. the round bit with a stalk on the end and you know yeah. all the other notes and whatever she didn't know any of it you know all she really knew was her medical life never touched music in her in her life and yeah she just kind of took it up she was always obviously a very fast learner she'd done thousands Mm -hmm. of exams what felt like and whilst i was growing up she was doing exams even so she kind of just thought saw this as just an extra exam to sit and so she in fact the funniest thing is so the teacher taught her she taught me then we sat the exam next to each other okay so she was actually in the exam hall with me and she beat me <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> she just been next to her been like oh mom give me some answers
2: yeah i thought you were gonna say that you passed the over like a sheet of <laughs> no i think
1: she warned me that i can't do that <laughs> yeah
0: don't talk to me dear <laughs> uh, one of those like just hides their work like next to you no that's 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 mad that's that's so that's so cool did you learn the saxophone in the end as your hands got bigger?
1: I didn't. My brother's hands were bigger than mine. And so he kind of took up the saxophone and I just stuck with a clarinet.
2: Wait, I don't understand. I swear you're like the same height as me. How are your hands like that small? But...
1: Yeah, I know. It's a chronic problem. I don't know <laughs> Some
2: why. Some people just have small hands, Hamish.
1: <laughs> interesting. It's interesting.
2: And then uh,
0: singing. So is that something you also graded on?
1: I did. I just, I, I, you know what? I really don't. I'm, I'm not painting myself in glory here. I just did loads of exams for no real reason but i've always I've always kind of sung, and I always had a kind of knack for it, mainly from Mum because you know Mum could always sing a little bit, and both me and my brother can can sing and I since have kind of just taken it up and in the last few years have been playing the piano and singing at the same time, which is just quite nice and to record the odd bit here and there.
2: Give us a quick snippet Go
1: absolutely absolutely not. <laughs> any of
2: your stuff online
1: it's not but a few people have actually asked for it to be and you know kind of encouraged me to put it online but i think i'm a bit scared
2: you know what? i've been telling people if you're scared to like have your face online of any sort just do it with like an alias and a mask on like m honcho just do it like that
1: <laughs> you, you know what if if we get H- how does this usually work so you put this out on spotify
2: every platform it's it's on everywhere pretty
1: much. it's on everywhere okay let's do let's do something let's let's figure out a way of saying if a X number of people engage with this episode Oh, then I'll get something out.
2: Should we do it the same as a? Ooh, should we say Instagram followers and likes, and then? Yeah. So,
0: so we did. We did something similar a little while ago when my friend Maria was on, and there's a video that exists in the universe of me and a stripper. <laughs> long, long story. Oh my god! But we said that if her episode got 50 likes on Instagram from 50 people that follow us then hamish can have the video not not being released well he can do it once with the video but hamish will get the video because he was like crying for it but um
2: <laughs> okay i
0: don't know should we up it should we up it for this one let's, what do let's you think, go Aaron? 75
2: 75 geez yeah. all right so if you if you want to get a video or a clip a clip yeah of neam singing i'll
0: give it a little teaser don't don't give like a full music video give yeah little yeah little like, that's what i mean a clip it? Like, it could more. be a
1: five second clip <laughs> It'll be a recording. It'll be a recording.
2: Yeah, basically 75 likes from people who follow us on Instagram. So make sure you drop a follow on the third wheel. Uh, <laughs> so do, you, do you do write songs at all? I, are you doing I, like I, covers I or anything like that?
1: Yeah, I mainly do covers. So a friend of mine, give him a shout. I'm giving everyone a shout out today. Sham, Sham, Shah. He um he loves his producing and things like that. So I have a a mic very similar to yours. Well, he I don't have a mic. He has a mic, and I often go to his house and kind of record a few bits here and there. Does his thing on the computer and puts it all together.
0: Yeah, I might have to uh have to hit him up. Make my voice sound good.
1: <laughs> make your voice sounds already very very good
0: need to no no singing voice i think i I might try sing and then like get auto-tune like up like sound like t-pain wait i
2: can do it for you i love messing around with people's frequencies
1: how about i just teach you how to sing how how hard
0: is it to like teach because i always thought like you couldn't really or i used to think this anyway that you couldn't like learn how to sing it was just something that you either had or you didn't
1: i definitely think you can learn so so obviously some of it is natural and you know i have with my voice i don't think i'm that naturally talented a singer. If I'm honest with you, but I think I really enjoy it. And I've, you know, from my time at school and whatever else, I've I've kind of learned how to use my voice and what my voice can do. You know, and I think a combination of all of that and a bit of natural, you know, talent or whatever just gives you the ability. But for someone who thinks they can't sing right now, that should definitely, definitely not be a reason for you to not try. Because I think you can certainly learn to be more in tune and have a better singing voice than even you realize
2: yeah and one thing is that like you'll be surprised at how much technology can help modify like your actual <laughs> voice <laughs> like you can actually process like produce it and process it so much from the moment you record it like you don't even need to have that great of mind you can actually entirely change the frequencies that are being heard
0: you see so- music videos where you see like artists do that and it just i don't know it just doesn't seem natural you know what i mean
1: it sounds a bit fake doesn't it sometimes yeah having said that i i I think sometimes it depends on the kind of song that you're trying to go for actually auto-tune or kind of having that like electronic sound actually works for some songs
0: like everyone auto-tunes a bit don't they yeah
2: technically we auto-tune on this as well oh really do we i play around with the frequencies a bit just to make sure it sounds a little bit
0: Well, yeah, but T T Pain's like an extreme case. But have you heard him without Autotune?
2: He is amazing.
0: Yeah, he's incredible.
1: I think he just really likes the sound of of Autotune.
0: Actually, he was on, um, do you know, The Masked Singer? No. No. So it was originally an American show, and it's basically a load of celebrities. They go on and they're in like a, a costume. So T Pain was on season one in the American version, and he was a monster, like a big monster so you couldn't see him you didn't know who it was and then the judges basically try and guess who it is from the person singing and obviously so t-pain was on it and no one could tell it was t-pain because he wasn't singing with auto-tune he ended up winning the whole show that's
1: amazing isn't it
0: i forgot the point i was gonna make or if that was just the point in general but um yeah he was he was <laughs> incredible
1: how talented he is without having to use all yeah i yeah.
0: know oh, no my point was actually because he he was saying at the end when he was like made the winner how he'd been known for this thing and he couldn't break out of it because he was known as the guy of autotune and he kind of wanted to make a name for himself as just with his natural singing voice but at the time when he did break through that was kind of thing which made him a bit different to other people and so that's why he kind of went with it
2: yeah i would have presumed for him though the label would have also told them because of the i guess the controversy yeah. and the views that it brought with it like mm-hmm. i thought they would have probably said yeah keep doing the autotune thing because th- the audience is like going to keep speaking about it keep listening to it and actually, all of his auto-tune stuff does bang anyway, so like, no one could really, I guess, at him for having auto-tune. But it works for
1: the, the kind of songs that he does, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember thinking when I was really young, like,
0: thinking I was sick at singing and then didn't even get into the school choir, and I was gutted at the time. <laughs> I remember having to go into, like, the little music room, like, four at a time, then each one of us had to, like, sing a bit. I don't know, some Catholic hymn or something, and yeah i was i for banged it like hit the high notes and everything, but didn't get didn't get that letter through to join the <laughs> choir I was gutted. oh mate do how is it I'm gonna go back slightly to the grades. How are you graded on singing
1: um so you have to a few things yesterday you, you have to sing a couple of kind of pieces, so you have someone accompanying you on the piano and you just sing a certain song that's pre-recorded and then you have to do a a few tests you know where they kind of test your pitch and they they'll play a couple of notes and you have to talk about the relationship between two notes and all those kind of what they call oral tests you have to do that side of things as well
0: and singing and playing an instrument at the same time that's something I've so I I mentioned like I've kind of self taught myself a bit of guitar and I've tried singing at the same time but I just lose all sense of being able to do both. Not that I think I can sing anyway. Well actually I do, I low-key think I do, but I can't. <laughs> um how did you does that something yet to like you found quite natural?
1: To be honest, I'd never really done it before about 2014, 2015 time. And I kind of just thought, let's just try it. And, you know, I don't necessarily play the background kind of music as 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 you'd hear it in a song. I'd kind of just play the chords along with it and kind of just make it up as I go along. And I, I really enjoy it more than anything else. And as uh, as most people know now, my voice memos app on my on my phone is just full of kind of recordings of me trying to sing. Some of them are awful. Like genuinely, I would not play them to anybody. But some of them are alright i'm you know i'm happy with them
0: what's your uh, favorite
1: oh so the recording that i that i did with with sham my mate i mentioned earlier was a mix of someone you loved by uh lewis capaldi what's the guy's name lewis capaldi i was thinking leonardo dicaprio yeah but- <laughs> Both, both maybe, maybe he's names.
0: got a cover like somewhere <laughs>
1: uh, i was thinking italian names for some reason uh lewis capaldi and an indian song yeah duria so i did a mashup of that my hindi is probably not the best but hey i did it anyway but my favorite song just because i like the meaning and i like the way it kind of works with my voice is sunday morning by maroon five
0: okay yeah i like that song you sing in different languages as well
1: well i sing in hindi not well my pronunciation is useless but i guess it'll do
0: i always like it when i see like X Factor videos or something, and someone auditions, and then they sing, and then they switch up into another language. I get gassed. I'm like, oh yes, go on. Oh, it's like, yeah, just so talented.
1: Honestly, you'll you'll hear my Hindi, and you'll be like, this guy sounds like a right doofus.
0: just I I, I don't know Hindi, so it'll probably sound perfectly fine to me. Neither do I. That's the
1: problem. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Fair enough. I was going to say, singing is not the only time you speak into a microphone and not this podcast as well. So yeah, I see you do a bit of radio, voluntary radio, I think. So do you want to touch on what what that is, what that's about?
1: This is so weird for me, just talking about me. Actually, going back to the jab bit very quickly. I'm so used to it. And we've done a lot of this recently, given interviews to, to different people we did one with a with a singer songwriter a guy called Jaden, and also to a chef uh called dipnan and, and i was on your side of the you know the, the, the picture in this so i was i was interviewing them and i felt so much more comfortable because i didn't have to yap um, so i'm really sorry to anybody <laughs> who's just going this guy's just Chatting complete rubbish but the, the, hey, the episode is okay.
0: totally like how you want the episode to go so yeah if you want to talk about plants or flowers or anything but liverpool and it's good okay
1: <laughs> we'll come on to liverpool in just a second um okay. <laughs> you fucked that <laughs> <laughs> i actually forgot about that completely Hey, so g- good question um so i do do radio i so it's local hospital it was local hospital radio it's now community radio and has been like that for the past five years or so i've been doing it for about seven years started in september of 2012 and to be honest i just enjoy it more than anything else just the people and being able to visit patients on the wards and ask them what they want to listen to and kind of play it for them on the radio it's just good fun and good opportunity to volunteer and give something back
0: so you just like playing songs or you like actually kind of presenting kind of your own show almost
1: yeah a bit of both so i do it on wednesday nights and it's kind of a it's a team show so it's myself and group of us we at least used to go up on the wards speak to patients ask what they want to listen to and then come up with a few segments in between and things to talk about spoke about them then introduce a song and yeah that's kind of how it works wednesday night nine o'clock on radio harrow if you want to listen to it
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah you've been doing it for quite a while like what made you into that in the first place
1: so my grandfather was in hospital between 2005 and 2010 he had a stroke and he was kind of in and out of hospital for those five years until he passed away. And my mum works in the hospital as well. And my view was always, you know, I kind of wanted to do something and give something back. And I've I've always been into the whole, you know, standing in front of a camera or speaking into a microphone kind of thing. You know, I was I used to do a bit of drama when I was at school, and you know, always enjoyed that kind of things. So try to find the best way of kind of combining everything. And mum sent off an email to, uh, it was called Radio Northwick Park at the time, if I could volunteer, and ended up. Signing up, did a bit of a, an induction and started on Wednesday nights. And I've made genuinely some close friends for for life from it.
0: Is it something you've like ever thought about maybe taking a bit further?
1: I have to some degree. I thought about it when I was a lot younger, but it was always something that I kind of ended up just resigning to to a hobby i i enjoy i I don't know if i'm any good at it but i i enjoy it and you know i enjoy just speaking to people and playing music for people and that kind of thing
2: just clarify you did this every week for how many years
1: every week for so consistently for Five years.
2: So you must be pretty good then if they kept you on every week.
1: That's a lie, that's a lie. Consistently for about four years. Until I went to uni. And then obviously whilst I was at uni, I couldn't mm-hmm. do it. And since I, I try and go every week if I can, but I've been really, really bad for recent weeks just because <laughs> work has got busy or whatever. But yeah, kind of every other week ish.
0: And you have to like you can't do it from like your home or anything. You have to go into the studio, I guess.
1: Yeah, so at the moment we've been recording bits and bobs online on Zoom and things like that. But generally you know outside of covid we're in the studio in the hospital what made you guys want to start this
0: i don't know if it like fundamentally came from like an interest in like speaking on radio or anything like that i did actually i was on the radio station at warwick a couple times because my housemate and friend good friend gina she had a show and came on a few times and i quite liked that but that was pretty cool but this podcast kind of just resulted from me and hamish talking a we were like, why don't it's a we lot, just
2: like, do it on the podcast? Yeah, it's a lot <laughs> reduced, but it works out well. I think. I think like the dynamic just makes it flow and work.
1: And, and what do you want from your listeners? Kind of, what what's the aim of each podcast? Is it to introduce your guest? Is it to kind of show them uh, an interest in your life? Like, what, what is
2: it? One thing I think is it lets me catch up with people or probably meet new people because this is probably the only way I meet new people these days, especially. So yeah, catch up with friends that we haven't spoken to maybe since uni or like intermittently since uni because it is quite busy after uni, obviously with the job and everything for everyone. So it gets a bit tougher and tougher for meetups to happen. So I think this has been a good way for to catch up at least. And obviously then it leaves a permanent record of your conversation. Oh um, well. <laughs> my,
1: so if if anyone's like promised anything, then yeah. uh, you, you have it on record. How have you guys managed to juggle doing this alongside work and things like that?
2: It's kind of a mess for me, I won't lie. <laughs> <laughs> Especially these days. I, I like the idea of no commute, but I think it's still a mess. Although it's, it looks organized from the outside, you know, like I make it look organized from the outside, but each of those individual items, such as third wheel, my job, and then the other startup is all a mess. It just looks somewhat structured, I guess, but it's kind of like yeah, you just have to do it. and Like, I don't, I don't know.
1: How do you cope with the work-life balance?
0: I think it's similar to uh, what you say with Jab. Like, the main thing is that we enjoy it. So it's kind of work's work. I have to do work. And this is, like, on the, on the side of that. To be honest, I haven't found it it has, it's been tough, but like, I'm I'm kind of someone who would just get on with it. I won't like complain about it or anything. It helps that we are, the difference between us and I guess Jab is that we can kind of record in bulk and kind of, which will help us in the future, which we haven't, which we've only started to redo again recently, uh, which I think will help. But I guess with Jab, you can't really do that because you have to like be at sessions like on a certain day each week, etc. cetera. But I think if I'm honest, I don't know that's probably the right answer i don't know how we've managed yeah. uh because like we've what's this this is episode 40... 42 two, and that's that's 42 sundays in a row we've released an episode which like thinking about is mad but
2: yeah when we when we actually released the initial like graphics even the graphics still currently it says every sunday star may not be every sunday <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> because yeah, because we, we, didn't think...
0: we didn't believe in ourselves <laughs> that we'd do it every sunday But now we have been doing every Sunday, I'm kind of like, okay, we have to do it every Sunday now. We can't like stop that. But I think as well, the record, like this recording, other than our technical difficulties from earlier, should only take like a couple hours. It's more the editing and that is the long thing. And now it's kind of just a routine.
1: How have you found sourcing all your guests?
0: It's been a mixture, I think. It started off at the very beginning, us like asking them for a favor, basically, because at the beginning why should anyone come on our podcast? We're not established. We haven't got any episodes out. So it like came like our first like handful of guests, really just like a massive favor, just being up for coming on without any, anything for us to show. And then from that, I think once people, I guess start to realize that this isn't kind of like a joke, like they might think of Aaron Hamish and be like, (laughs) this is a joke. This ain't going to last that long. Uh, (laughs) But I think we've, and it started to show a bit of consistency. It's been, and it's been a mix. We introduced a call out at the end where guests can call out other guests, which kind of expands the network. By having a guest on each week that brings out like a new audience because everyone has a different set of friends that will listen in and will be interested, like the page on Instagram or whatever. And then, and then some other people would just, we just ask, we just straight up be like, hey, do you want to come on?
2: Yeah, it's been that's a weird one, really. We were joking about like, what if people that rejected us want to come on as a guests after, like, say we get to like, you know, hundred k followers or something. Yeah. Um. I just told them it's gonna we're gonna get them on, but I'm gonna call them out live on air because fuck them. <laughs> that
1: would be so funny. That would be so funny. I, it's, it's quite funny because Aaron, we so I, I know liana asked uh, or you know called me out whatever but we were on a night out weren't we just before lockdown
0: yeah hit.
1: and you asked me to um to to be on the show and i've been so excited for it I can't, I can't lie to you and uh three months later we made it happen
0: i probably shouldn't say this but i think you asked me to come like jab why don't you come jab and i was like okay come on the podcast and we were like okay sure <laughs> so i'm gonna have to uh go jab at some point
1: that is very true that was where i was going with this
0: aki <laughs> you know aki Nair. yeah because uh, he yep. uh he messaged me, I think, one week and was like, Oi, oi, let's go jab. I was like, okay, I can't this week. I'm busy, but I'm sure he'll drag me along at some point.
1: Well, what are you doing on Thursday? This Thursday?
0: Yeah. I'll check my calendar, but it's definitely busy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, 8 to 9 p.m. on Zoom.
0: Can other people see me? They can see me, can't they?
1: See, this is the thing, right? So you're actually lucky that right now we're doing it on Zoom. In person, obviously, everyone else can see you. On Zoom, you have the choice to turn your camera on and off. Hmm,
2: interesting. The thing was, in April, I actually put it in my calendar to go to, I had a Thursday, like I knew I was going to do it during when I had leave booked for work and then March, everything locked down. I'm just like, well, this has worked out solidly great, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, when the COVID's over, I do plan to attend because I don't know, at uni in 4th year, I actually considered joining it to at least try it. But then I never did, which is my own kind of, I guess, time management down there but that would have oh. been
1: great me and jayven both were teaching at that point so
2: it's just the way things work out but yeah um yeah so i have no idea what we were talking about beforehand uh,
1: um it's like radio stuff and guests, a bit of like we were about guests. guests
0: yeah
1: oh we can move into volunteering if you like
0: yeah some some guests volunteer to uh come on the show we don't we don't even have to ask them some some guests slide That's into really- our dms
1: that was a really poor. Aaron, I, I
2: had a better one in mind, but I'm glad you said that because we're going to leave that one in. <laughs> <laughs> not if I cut it out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Awful, Aaron. You can do better. Let's try again.
2: It's basically, you could just go on the long line. That's the, leave the bit where um, Niamh recommended let's go into volunteering and you could say not many guests voluntarily t- um, try to transition to another oh, topic. no,
1: don't do that.
2: That's even worse. That's I'm
0: not even having that. No problem.
1: You can say but, that. What, what you can do is, is, is say something like, so you volunteered at the radio station. Uh, Tell us about the other
2: yeah. volunteering you do. That's a good one. <laughs> what? That's literally the same thing. <laughs> no, it's not. you could you could go for it, Abish. Do you, you say what you want? I don't mind. So, Niam, you're a volunteer at the radio show, Radio Harrow. Yeah, Harrow. Yeah, yep. yep. and there's also a bunch of other volunteering you've done. I think one of the ones that I'm aware of is Project Care. So I don't know if you want to start with that one and then lead into some other ones.
1: Yeah. So to be honest, that's the main one I've done outside of radio harrow so in september of 2018 i got the opportunity to go to minali with project care and project Care is kind of an offshoot of care education which is the overall charity name Uh, i went to minali which is in north india in the himalayas to volunteer at a school there and in fact other guests on your show have, have been to minali too and it was genuinely the most incredible experience the kids were just you know amazing and they kept smiling even though you know in life they had a lot less than us they were you know hundreds of miles away from their parents but somehow they just kept smiling and were happy and we were mischievous and you know we're able to just get on with life and you know it was it was amazing to see and i can't wait to go back if i'm honest with you
2: what's been like your best i guess takeaway from it like what would you recommend to others like would you recommend i guess project care to others or
1: things yeah 100 percent uh, you know what, I, I would say definitely if you can get involved with Care Education as a charity on the whole, and Project Care is an offshoot of that, 100%, you know, do it. It's an amazing charity that supports schools across the world. There are schools, I believe, I'm not an advocate for them, by the way, but South America, Africa, and India. And, you know, kind of the, the vast amount of stuff that, that they do. And actually, I wrote a, a blog post for them last year. And actually, what's what's the date today? 28th of June. So it was World Menstrual Health Day one month ago today. Uh, and I wrote a, a blog post for care education with my mom about kind of female sanitation and things like that and I, I gave the perspective of kind of what I learned from my time in Manali and she gave her kind of medical perspective and what was amazing I found was that you know the, these kids could just get on with get on with it and not have the sanitary products you know whether that's from kind of female sanitary products to just things like hand soap you know we consider a so every day and so I kind of thought I'd write something just just to kind of shed some light on the issues that that are there with that across India to be fair not you know not not in any particular school or anything but you know across India and and what some ladies have to go through over there and some of the options that are available and you know from a health perspective my mum wrote a few things down and you know her perspective on that as well so it was a a really good read i think the link's still in my bio yeah
0: yeah we'll put like a link to that in the description
1: but actually and and a brief shout out to that so you know everyone to all your listeners please do keep an eye out for jab social media and go and follow project care as well Uh, i think it's project care uk on instagram we will be doing a collaboration with project care all proceeds go to them in the month of july so it would be great to have as many people on that as possible and third wheel fans as we all are but you know those in particular please do uh please do join us
0: yeah i actually on the like menstruation stuff you mentioned uh, I, I went to a sofa sounds fairly recently and there was uh one of the like bands playing were a couple of guys called uh gander boys who are from uganda and they were actually like selling merchandise to help with like menstruation poverty in like rural africa And for like females and everything, which I thought was like really good. I didn't really know much of it, like at that time.
1: That'd be really interesting to know some more about actually. So my my parents are born in Africa. It's
0: not something you hear about really.
1: Yeah, it's so true. It's not. And, you know, I think sometimes in the West we're protected from the realities of, what happens and what people go through in in in, in other countries especially poorer countries and, and we have and you know what in no way am i trying to you know kind of put my own perspective on what women go through i can never i'll you know i'll never know that um, yeah, yeah. And i'm not trying to you know butt my way into the conversation but you know i just think that it's something that is obviously talked about but you know if there's an opportunity to talk about it more i think we should
0: and I, th- I think that's on the theme of like like recent events a lot of people like a lot of people find Certain things uncomfortable to talk about, but it's, it's definitely, I think, something we probably should be talking about, and will make the uncomfortable more comfortable, which is a good thing.
1: You know what? Conversations that are the trickiest is sometimes the the, the the conversations that need to happen the most, which is what makes them tricky. Let's just stop feeling awkward about it and actually just talk about it, because the only way you can change your perspective or understand more or learn more is by talking to someone about it. Yep.
2: Yep. Agree. Yeah,
1: that's very true. So Aaron, I hear you're a United supporter.
0: I I am. I'm a, a very, very big, loyal Manchester United fan.
1: How does that feel?
0: How does <laughs> I feel? I, you know, it doesn't feel too bad, you know, most won the most amount of English league titles. It's not too bad. Still we still
1: one ahead. So Do you know the name of the team that's won the most recent English Premier League title?
0: I, I do know the name, but I I, I uh, honestly I I I'll sh- I'll tell you when I realized that Chelsea were ahead I went on Twitter and just muted a bunch of words Oh yeah I seen this I've got a list here I, I muted Liverpool LFC you never walk alone it's our year Klopp Gerard, champions chicken and a can of coke Cop, Trent and Salah <laughs> So I I did really well to avoid seeing any like photos and obviously I I did like see it like on just like general news, like it got retweeted and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I did well to kind of not feel as much pain as I thought I would feel when this moment, when this moment came.
1: I'll, I'll come on to chicken and a can of Coke in a second. Um, but 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 the reason I ask is because I am a huge, huge Liverpool fan and a very happy one right now with that. So as I'm sure all your listeners know, uh, we've just won the Premier League and 30 years after our last one and actually so 30 years ago when we last won it was the period when Alex Ferguson came into United and kind of took over from there so it's amazing to see that how the how the the roles are reversed now
0: <laughs> yeah uh, but I, I do think it's like a look t- uh, to be fair I'll, I'll give liverpool the respect they've dominated this league the whole season it's been inevitable which i think has helped it not hurt as much probably as i would have imagined. Like it was something I saw coming. It was more annoying that it was Chelsea and that affected our chances of getting top four this year, which really pissed me off. But no, Liverpool, Liverpool's a team. I'm I'm sure you feel like kind of the same way to May United. I just hate Liverpool. I don't not really for any particular reason. It's just something that as a Man United fan you kind of brought up to hate. You have to inherit the beef in it.
1: Absolutely. I, I completely agree. Yeah.
0: But I, I don't know if there'll be a period of I don't know what you think. Do you think Liverpool can go on and dominate the Premier League for like, not, I don't think any team will ever dominate the way Silas Ferguson dominated, but kind of win maybe like next year and like win another like five leagues in the next 10 years? I I, I really hope so.
1: Yeah. I I think it would be, I think a more realistic kind of target is three in the next kind of six or seven. Just because you're right, no one's going to dominate in that way. City are incredibly strong. You know, Chelsea have a young squad who they're building Chelsea up. Chelsea
0: have bought well and recently cr- as well.
1: Exactly. You know, United, as much as I don't like you guys, you know, you guys actually have some really, really good players. Once you change your goalkeeper, you know, you'll be back to, um, you oh. know, having a having a half-decent defence as well with, you know, Maguire No, to be and- fair,
0: I'm, I'm kind of on Niamh's, Niamh's side on that. Right. Slightly. Aaron's turned on his boy. (laughs) No, no, I I think he deserves respect like for what he's done for us. I wouldn't be like against him staying. Um, because I think he deserves that, like for us to give him like chances. But I do think if we replaced him with Dean Henderson, I don't think we'd be any worse. I don't think Dean Henderson would do any worse than what he's done in the last like couple of seasons.
1: I I, I fully agree. And to, like if you look across the pitch, you know you guys have all the bases covered. You have a decent spine with you know, well, with the new goalkeeper Maguire, Bruno, etc. You know, and and Rashford, Martial have have really proven that they're solid, solid players and can play so well together. You know, in, in your last game, they proved that. And to be honest, if you look at Liverpool, the way we've succeeded is by having that solid spine of Alisson, Van Dyke, a midfield, just, you know, workhorse of Henderson, Fabinho, Wijnaldum, etc. And then obviously the front three and just having that spine really makes the team.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think you guys had a, just a system which matched your players like perfectly. And I think like props to Klopp for that. And you gave him time as well. Gave him a lot of time
1: yeah you're right you're right. he had you know but he he did say when we started in in, in four years, we'll win a title, and hmm. four years later here we are or five years later whatever and it was um he he's bought incredibly well, but we've also you know and i'm happy to admit this, I think our team is incredible, our squad is is nowhere near as strong as as cities, and we've been incredibly lucky with uh, with injuries you know Van Dyke hasn't got injured, our midfield has stayed relatively fit. You know, Fabini got injured for a, for a short while, but stayed relatively fit. And our front three have been, you know, firing for the last six to eight months.
2: Do you think all of them are going to stay for next season? Or do you think some of them will sign away?
1: I know some periphery players are definitely going to leave. I think, you know, Lallana, Klein, etc. are going to leave. Probably Lovren as well, uh, from what I read. I think that the vast majority of our first team players are, are 100% staying. There would be no reason for them to leave. I, and I, to be honest, I don't think there's a better team out there that they can go to. Maybe City. But you know, I think the whole Coutinho saga proved why would you want to go to Barcelona or Real Madrid and sit on the bench? You know, Bayern Munich aren't the team that they once were. Genuinely, I, I firmly believe that Liverpool or City are the two teams that you'd kind of want to go to in world football right now.
0: I, I think it will be interesting to see like the thing that made Ferguson so dominant is that they stayed hungry each year. Like players like Giggs and Skulls and Neville that they didn't get bored of winning like after one season, they wanted to go again and win it. So I think it will be interesting because it's almost like, I think for Liverpool right now, it's like a relief almost like after you've actually managed to do it now, finally, after like, what was it? 30 years. So I think for a lot of players, I I don't know if this would be the case for Liverpool, but I feel like for just human psychology in general, after you've accomplished something you've like waited so long to do, it can almost be like, oh yeah, we finally done it. Like we can relax now. Yeah. It's almost, you can't do, you can't afford to do that in football.
1: I mean, we won the Champions League 14 years later. You know, we've now won the Premier League 30 years later. Now's the time, you know, to to just continue doing both, continue winning everything we can, rack up as much silverware. Our team is still in its prime. Van Dijk is 28 the front three are 28. You know, Henderson's a little bit older, but we have a relatively young team apart from that with 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 our full backs and our goalkeeper can stay for for a long, long time. There's no reason why we can't. So long as the players stick together and Klopp, Klopp stays around, I think that's so important. I don't see any reason why we can't dominate. What
2: happens if like for like the first half of next season, theoretically, if they do bad and then would you want Klopp out or would you want to let him stay and re- give him the chance? Because we see how quickly it can turn around and people want to get rid of managers and players.
1: Look, Klopp is a legend. There's just no two ways about that. He is one of the greatest managers Liverpool ever had, in my opinion. Everything he does from a business yeah. perspective, but also from a football coaching, working out individual people, man management perspective. Um, he's an incredible manager. If and And, you know, in football... Not that I'm a football expert, but you know, you go through peaks and troughs, and sometimes you know you might go th- go through a bad period, and you can't blame a manager who's completely transformed the club over the last four or five years. You know, you can't blame him solely for that, and you can't get rid of him at that point. That's just disrespectful, I think.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's a tough question because, like, I know Lee, I think the prime example is Ranieri won the league with Leicester and then had a bad spell and then got sacked. So I think anything can happen. I think I think it's tougher in the Liverpool situation because, like. The standards are so high.
2: I was going to yeah. ask you yeah, separate to this. Like, how did you become a Liverpool fan? Like, what got you?
1: My, my dad's a Liverpool fan. And uh, yeah. so that kind of just, you know, spread to myself and my brother. Now we're probably bigger fans. Did you ever
0: this. get called, like, Glory Hunter? I guess it's a bit different because you, you didn't have much glory. But... <laughs> I was waiting for that shot. That, that, that wasn't much of a shot. I was actually, to be fair, I was actually going to, like, He's talking a bit, in terms of, Yeah, I'm talking from like, because I used to get called a glory hunter a lot, but I was always just like, look, I'm disappointed supporting the team my dad supported. Like, if you want to call someone a glory hunter, go call him a glory hunter. Like, it's not... <laughs> my other choice is West Ham, and I'm fucking not going to do that
1: <laughs> around here. Um, so so my, my dad started supporting Liverpool because I think that was the first game he saw when he came to this country, when he was really, really young. I was never called a glory hunter because Liverpool were crap when I was growing up. 2005 is when they won the Champions League, got into the Champions League final a couple of years later, but then since then did barely anything, won the, well, I think it was a League Cup. But that's it. You know, we've never been strong financially as a business, nor on the pitch. And so, no, I was never called a glory hunter. But now, if you ask, that, that's what I'm kind of scared of now, actually, that people are going to go, you know, oh, he's a Liverpool fan, of course he's a glory hunter.
0: Yeah, you're going to start, start experiencing it now. <laughs> God. <laughs> Say, so I, I watched a debate recently on uh, it was like on if whether Jordan Henderson should be player of the season. What What do you think?
1: I think when he didn't play for us, you could see the difference in how the midfield performed. He and, and when Fabinho was out, he filled in that role amazingly. You see it when he's when you're not listening to the crowd right now how much of a leader he mm. is on the pitch and how much he's done within the dressing room as well the players from what i read and you know things that they say have so much respect for jordan henderson that um do i think he should be player of the season i certainly think he should be a strong contender for it
0: it's it's, it's pretty cool to see how much he's he's grown because he's almost seen as kind of it's that classic like english thing like uh he's got an english name a really english name so he's not he's considered one of those uh just work hard players just someone who runs around a lot which he yeah
1: yeah he was he was going to be sold but you know i think just before brendan rogers or in rogers first season he was going to be sold you know they were like uh, he's a he's a knockoff gerard you know alex ferguson actually took the mick out of jordan henderson and said he runs from the knees he doesn't run from the now he was completely written off as a player but he continued his personality is just you know so driven you can see that he works so hard, and he's a great leader on the pitch for for, for, for the lads. I genuinely, I I I think he's been incredible, and it's such a great story. You're right.
0: Yeah, no, fair play to him. Um, okay, I I yeah, I don't want to talk about Liverpool too much otherwise I'm gonna feel sick listening back. Having to this. said that, um, I I, I, I,
1: did, I did say chicken and a can of coke. So oh
0: yeah yeah okay. I
1: I I do a few accents here and there, and okay. and the Scouse accent is actually one of my favorites. So when he said chicken and a can of coke, that was that uh Jimmy Carr? Yeah,
0: yeah, it was. Yeah, I yeah. thought
1: so. I thought so. Yeah, that just that made 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 me crack up.
0: Yeah, no, I can't do accents, but the chicken and the can of coke one's quite I don't know why it works. Like it doesn't like thinking about it, why does it work, but it's quite funny. I love accents. No, but congratulations to Liverpool on uh on the Premier League win, but Thank
2: you, mate. Any Liverpool fans you might want to clip I'm, back.
0: I'm sure Manchester <laughs> United will be back next year. We might not win it, but we will we'll be back challenging. Clip that up. Like Robin Van Persie said, when Van Hal became manager, clip that up. We'll be back. Let's see. Uh, Let's see. I wouldn't put my house on it. With, no, I, I wouldn't put my house on it, but <laughs> I got I got to believe in something. Okay, cool. I think covered quite a lot of bases in this episode. Getting pretty late now as well. I think we should end the episode. So uh, we got some final questions that we ask every guest. I guess I go for the first one. So, Niam, what's next for you?
1: Good question, mate. I to be honest i want to continue i'm enjoying where my life is if i'm honest work is really going well i you know progressing the way i want to and you know really enjoying it learning so much and jabs going really well and kind of want to continue continue doing both but also you know if i can look into just expanding personally continue learning continue growing and you know seeing if i can develop my personal life i think that's really important a lot of a lot of times you know people enter their mid to late 20s and kind of think you know i've left uni i've been working for a couple of years i'm just going to continue down that path but i'm I'm really trying my hardest to also go you know what i need to focus on myself focus on you know Mm -hmm. traveling seeing the world which i want to do so much more of continue with my volunteering continue meeting people continue making friends and learning and growing about different things in this world because you know you asked me earlier what i i you know, whether I use my degree in my day job, I don't. But so much of my degree is so current, you know, in that we're talking, yeah. we, we, we talked about real life subjects. And actually, you realize that you learn them at uni or when you're studying politics from a theoretical sp- uh, perspective, you also learn some real life, of course. But I think if you can travel, if you can go and read and see and experience, you learn it for real. And I want to continue doing that as much as I can. That's what's next for me, I think.
2: Wait, The next question is, what is one piece of advice for yourself or for younger you?
1: Question. You guys have done that really well today, uh, asking me loads of (laughs) questions. But I don't think I did that when I was younger, or at least not enough. I didn't question why things are the way they are. I didn't question why people are saying what they're saying. You know, and often you kind of just take things at face value, especially when you're really young. Um, And over the years, I've kind of started questioning things more than i did when i was younger and actually what that i've I've realized now that what that allows you to do is it instead of just talking and talking and talking and giving an answer you can understand Firstly, why people are asking what they're saying and learning more about a certain subject. I think if and also questioning yourself, which is something I just I, I, I didn't do as much when I was younger and you know, in terms of self reflection and kind of personal development, I've been doing more of in the last few years as well. So question is what I'd say. Continue questioning.
0: No, that's pretty interesting. I think I'm actually kind of the opposite way around. If you ask my mum, she'll probably say, I used to question everything. Like ask too many questions. But as I've got older I've turned I've started to like just
1: Ask will your questions. Just
0: be like, okay. Just be like, obviously the podcast asks questions and all that, but I mean, just generally like if something happens, not question why it's happening, just be like, okay, that happened. Fine. Move on. And third and final question. This is a question we ask every guest. And that is what has been your most memorable third wheeling experience?
1: Ooh. Okay. I can't give you my, my funniest one just because I can't think of anything right now, but I'll give you my most recent one. I went out, went on a date actually a few months ago and came back and called Akhil actually from that i was walking home and i was like well, you know, what are you up to and he goes oh you know shaley's coming and uh we're about to go and watch a movie and then he asked do you want to join <laughs> and in my head i was thinking right so if i say yes i'm third wheeling but i get to watch a movie if i say no i'm just gonna sit at home and do nothing so i tentatively said yes and you know they're great in that they never make you feel like you're yeah. third wheeling but what made me really feel like i was dead wheeling is the movie i'll be honest with you wasn't the most exhilarating movie in the world what was it i can't actually <laughs> remember it was some old it was like an old english kind of regardless um yeah they both genuinely within 10 minutes of starting this movie they were ko'd both of them On top of each other and (laughs) i was i was sat there as one of three people in the whole movie theater by the way because clearly everyone else had got the memo that this movie wasn't great um (laughs) those two were asleep and i was sat there watching this movie which was in all honesty really damn boring and I don't recommend it. And I wish I could remember the name.
2: To be fair, I don't. I would feel sympathy for you, but you knowingly at this age accepted a third wheel invite, and then, <laughs> and then, uh, and a war thing is like a movie as well. So you put yourself in that scenario. So
0: the movie scenario isn't too bad because you're in a cinema. You don't have to talk to anyone, so it's kind of like you're there on your own in a way. So the third wheeling doesn't really come stereotypically.
2: Too much into it. You wouldn't think the couple to be just talking with you. So. I don't know if I'd want to be involved in that situation as the only other person.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, good good, good thing for me was that they, they were so bored by the movie that they actually just fell asleep and didn't even think about doing anything. So, you know, Hey, I I dodged that bullet, didn't I? (laughs) Good on you. But
2: yeah, the next section is going to be a call out or nomination. So one or many people that you'd like to potentially see in the future on the third wheel.
1: Sure. So I'm actually going to give a shout out to two brothers who I think should both be on the show separately because I think they're both fascinating guys. One of whom's who was at Warwick with us and has already been shouted out by Liana. Sammy Samkit should definitely come and do it. But his brother Neeraj, who is one of my closest mates throughout school, he is incredibly talented. He's a designer come architect, come just general design geek incredibly nice guy he'd be amazing on the show as well so there you go sammy nearage both of you brothers the third wheel will be reaching out i'm sure
0: yeah awesome
1: and he's also a third wheel by the way sorry nearage is also a massive third wheel like me oh is he (laughs) okay
0: awesome join the club (laughs) (laughs) the certified third wheelers uh last bit is a shout out so we can all like just shout out basically anything we want Something we're working on or film you've seen recently, probably not the film you went and saw, but a TV I show or a piece of music that. or anything. <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Hamish, go anything? Yeah, I was just going to shout out my Spotify playlist um, for music again. I've added some more stuff to it. So, go check it out. I'm going to shout out, I think this article's a bit, uh has been out for a while
0: now. Uh, By the time this episode comes out, but recently we did a piece with the Modern Influencer, which is a blog by the previous guest of ours, Stephen Loat. But part two to that interview came out. And so we haven't had a chance to shout it out because we're like kind of bulk recording stuff, some stuff. So link to that will be in the description. And yeah, near anything?
1: So shout out to everything I shouted out. I shouted out a lot of stuff today. So sorry about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know, all the, all the charities that i i support project care care education radio harrow you know go and check those out would, would be great
0: yeah That's awesome me. and special shout out to jab and all the links and everything will be in the
2: description and it's been a really good episode thanks for coming on neil no worries mm-hmm. good 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 having good. you and yeah um if you remember that if you want to hear a clip of Neam singing 75 likes on instagram um, <laughs> yeah. you have to follow us on third wheel and we'll find you a clip we don't know when we'll release the clip, but, you know, the, it, it does exist. Or,
0: or Neo. Neo will release a clip wherever, however
2: he wants to. Yeah, go it. Sweet. All right, guys. Have a good day. Thank you. Bye.
0: Thanks, guys. See ya.